0: Hi folks, it's Barnaby here. I'm just editing the latest episode of That Time When, and I've discovered that my audio in it is a bit loud and a bit distorted. I've started recording on a different computer, and it seems like I haven't managed to get the audio mixing sorted yet. I've done what I can with it, and hopefully it's not so bad that it will spoil your enjoyment of the episode. Uh, Hopefully things will be back to normal next week, but just wanted to let you know. So without further ado, let's play the theme tune.
1: Hello and welcome to That Time When, the comedy history podcast where we tell you about strange things that have happened in history. I'm Amelia Edwards and with me as ever is my co-host Barnaby King. Hello there. Hello and how are you today?
0: I'm terribly well thank you. (laughs) How are you?
1: I am Tired. And I'm tired for a good reason this time, Yeah, which is that I started back at school.
0: That explains why you haven't been around so much.
1: Yeah, it's true. I've been out of the house.
0: Yeah, I've been wandering around going, where are you?
1: Where are you? It's easy to lose me because we've got so many tunnels under our house now.
0: That is true. Yeah. Courtesy of our rabbit, a.k.a. the tunneling (laughs) lord.
1: So, I thought it was time for me to reflect back... On the summer holidays. Okay. So, you I mean,
0: re- you don't want to do a topic about history? That is what this podcast is about. <laughs> I mean, I guess the summer holidays was history, but it feels a bit recent for us.
1: Um, I don't know. Yesterday's history. I mean,
0: yeah, but we've never done uh, a topic that took place in the same year. In fact, not even the same decade as the one we're currently in. in fact, not even the last decade. That's
1: true. Um, well, I've been historically inspired by my summer holidays, oh, shall okay. we say. Fair enough. Because I went with some of my teacher buddies to Great Yarmouth. Oh, wow. Why?
0: <laughs> why did you do that?
1: <laughs> okay, legitimately, I think it was because they all grew up in Norfolk and had childhood memories of a particular ride. Right. Which is called something like Super Snails. <laughs> you get to ride around a teeny tiny roller coaster. In a snail with a bow tie.
0: Amazing. It's very
1: weird. We did it.
0: (laughs) Excellent. You succeeded.
1: We succeeded.
0: (laughs) We did it, everyone. We We made it round the snails.
1: It was alarming at times. Well, (laughs) it turns out that one of the things that you have to do when you're in Great Yarmouth is crazy golf. Oh, okay. And I thought I'd played crazy golf before. But it turns out I hadn't played it on a proper crazy golf course.
0: You played it on a a mildly unstable golf course.
1: <laughs> well, we played what was called crazy golf, but I think it was actually mini golf. Right. What's the difference? Crazy golf has got like weird props
0: oh right it's got like those obstacles and you have to knock it into the gorilla's mouth sort of thing yes whereas mini golf is that just you know you've got to like bounce it around a corner or something yeah i think i think that's the
1: distinction also crazy golf has got blue dyed water
0: oh okay
1: for reasons that i can't work out but apparently it's a known thing it's not just a yarmouth thing
0: and specifically blue
1: yes oh weird they dyed it blue i don't know why that's
0: so odd
1: it's very odd
0: is it to discourage people from drinking it
1: it might be or it might be to make it look nicer uh, like in a kind of tacky actually, way
0: yeah i could see that especially especially if you've got like an outside crazy golf course yeah then, these are
1: all outdoor co- crazy yeah, golf yeah
0: i imagine it's not going to show up the various bits of dirt and detritus that over the years just deposit <laughs> yeah. themselves at the bottom because i'm not imagining that these are flowing water
1: some of them are. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. It is fascinating. We have got to go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, there's more engineering to this than I thought.
1: Yes. No, there's a whole <laughs> thing. I mean, what? there was a pool in the one I went to, which had little floaty crocodile heads. Oh, it was amazing. adorable. <laughs> so, the course we went to was called Castaway Island. Okay. And I thought it was just going to be kind of like a cute Caribbean... Pacific Island kind of thing,
0: and occasionally you just turn a corner and Tom Hanks is there screaming at a painted volleyball.
1: Okay, it turned out that they named it after a specific castaway. Was it Tom and Hanks? Themed it after a specific castaway too. It was not Tom Hanks. Oh right, it was about Alexander Selkirk.
0: Okay, he
1: was possibly the man who inspired Robinson Crusoe.
0: Ah, okay, and he was
1: a castaway. Right, and yeah now
0: famously so
1: <laughs> oh yes now the thing was they had little boards up all the way around the crazy golf course which give you extra bits of information about his life in Aww. chronological order Aww. which was fascinating That's... and also i was like why yeah, <laughs> why that... is this
0: it sounds weirdly cute in a way it was
1: So cute. (laughs) It's
0: like, you're going to play crazy golf and you're going to learn something along the way.
1: Yes. My teacher friends did not learn anything. I was gripped.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least someone was.
1: So, it turns out, actually... That Alexander Selkirk may not have inspired Robinson Crusoe, but he is known as the man who inspired Robinson Crusoe. Okay, if that right. Makes sense to you.
0: I think I get it. So the story is similar enough that he may have been the inspiration, but we don't have a sort of definitive answer.
1: The story is slightly similar, and people have always said he is the man who right. inspired Robinson Crusoe. There are definitely other things that probably inspired Robinson Crusoe more than he did.
0: Yeah, and- that, the famous castaway Robinson Rousseau. Yes,
1: exactly. Yeah, um, but I still thought that this man was pretty interesting and worth talking about. Mm. Oh, I've got my list of things that might have influenced Defoe to write Robinson Crusoe here. Okay. Um. Okay. This is unexpected.
0: Right? Has your script vanished? No. That would be unexpected. Um- have your toes become bees? <laughs>
1: Ibn Tufail's book, *Hay Ibn Yaqdan*, which was a 12th century philosophical novel set on a desert island oh. that was apparently translated from Arabic into Latin and English a number of times in the 50 years before Robinson Crusoe was... Britain. oh fair enough so apparently it's arabic philosophy yeah. everyone um also there was a man called pedro luis serrano who was a spanish sailor marooned for seven or eight years on a small desert island um and he was also sh- shipwrecked on a small island in the caribbean mm. now alexander selkirk wasn't actually shipwrecked oh okay and he wasn't in the Caribbean either, which is right. part of the reason why people are like, he's not Robinson Crusoe.
0: He wasn't even on an island. He was at home.
1: He was He on- got himself <laughs> locked in the toilet. <laughs> to be fair, he was on an island, and he was maybe the most famous British example of right. a marooned sailor. Okay.
0: And of course, they're the important ones when we look at history.
1: Yes. <laughs> so, Selkirk was born in Scotland in 1676. And he seems to have been a really violent young man Oh, okay Which is unusual for characters on our podcast I feel like we get the tame people, the chill people The people who are allowed to be violent I
0: suppose so, yeah
1: Um, At one point, he was summoned before the Kirk session For his overly unruly conduct in church Right But he didn't turn up because he'd run away to sea
0: (laughs) Well, that's a good way to get out of it
1: Yeah He came back to scotland in 1701 and got in trouble with the church again for assaulting his brothers
0: oh wow
1: so yeah when we say i'm violent man yeah he was a violent man apparently fair enough so he ran away to sea once mm-hmm. again and he became a buccaneer
0: oh is that a pirate that's what i always hear the term being sort of interchangeable as
1: it is a pirate hey it's a very specific thing oh
0: okay so
1: it specifically means a type of privateer that is based in the Caribbean. They are pirates, but right. they are also commissioned by the British government. Right, okay. They were given letters of marque by the British government um, as a budget way to wage war on the Spanish.
0: Ah, uh, yes. I mean, that's what we used privateers for, basically. Yeah.
1: Um, now, I found the etymology of buccaneer. Okay. And it's weird. It's
0: one who buckens. Okay,
1: okay. The Caribbean Arawak people... Right. ...have a word, "bucan," Right. Which means a wooden frame on which the Tainos and the Caribs used to slowly roast or smoke meat. Oh. That's... Usually manatee meat.
0: Right. Okay.
1: So, they've got this bucan, right? Right. Then the Spanish invade ca- the Caribbean. Yeah. They hear about the buccan. Right. They change it to buccanero. Right. Right. Then the French go to the Caribbean. Yeah. They change it to the word boucan. Mm-hmm. And then the French hunters who stay on the Caribbean and use these frames to smoke meat on Hispaniola, right. a famous pirate island, Yeah, get called buccaneer.
0: Ah.
1: So the buccaneers originally weren't pirates. They were people who made and sold jerky. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> To corsairs, a wow. corsair being another type of pirate.
0: Yeah, we've got a lot of words for pirates in English.
1: Well, a corsair wasn't given a letter of mark by the oh. British government, so they were pirate pirates rather than privateering pirates.
0: You see, I, there's something interesting to me about that because I think it's just because corsair sounds like a sort of fancier word. It I does. Thought, I thought that the corsair would be like you know the official privateers. You'd
1: think so, but no, it's the buccaneers are the official privateers, and then. The Corsairs are just doing what they want, I guess, and eating a lot of smoked meat.
0: Yahar. Yahar. Smoked manatee.
1: <laughs> oh, by this point, we are on feral cattle and pigs.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: <laughs> Tasty.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure manatee would probably have tasted much better.
1: I have no idea how manatee would taste. I'd imagine it would be quite oily, like fatty. Mm.
0: That would make sense. What I one of the things I do know about manatees is they're famous for their halitosis.
1: <laughs> they are. They're very cute. I've they seen real cute. manatees in person. Ah.
0: I have not. I wish I had. Mm. They're so cute. They're very adorable. Even if smelly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Even if their meat wouldn't be as good to jerk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't say that.
1: <laughs> so in 1703, Selkirk joined the crew of a ship which is called the Sank Ports.
0: OK. The Five Ports.
1: Yes. Yes. That type of Sank.
0: Hey. It's named
1: after five important harbours from southern England.
0: I mean, it sort of is, yes. It's not really named after the harbours, just their existence.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the Sank Ports had been a merchant ship, but then it had been converted into a privateer by adding guns to it. Nice. Because the War of Spanish Succession began in 1701.
0: I forget where it was, but I know I've mentioned the War of Spanish Succession before.
1: Yeah, it's early 1700s, and it's basically an excuse to go on pirating, Mm. as far as I can tell. It seems to coincide really nicely with the golden age of pirates. Right. For reasons which make sense to me. Yeah. So... He was journeying on the Sankt from Ireland to the South Pacific. Okay. And Selkirk was its sailing master.
0: Right. Which
1: sounds awesome. I don't know what it means. Oh, okay. And it was, I was, I
0: was <laughs> hoping for an explanation.
1: <laughs> it was part of an expedition that was led by a man called William Dampier. He will come up again later.
0: I know that name.
1: You probably do. He's quite famous for a lot of things. Oh, okay. So... This voyage, um, which had several boats as part of it, mm. William Dampier was captaining the other boat. Right. It did not go well. Okay. Basically- So many
0: of these trips around this sort of time went badly.
1: Well, in terms of finding places, mm. which seems to be one of our major issues, yeah, it did fine. Oh, okay. In terms of stormy weather, it did okay.
0: Oh, that surprises me. I
1: know. No, they did really well. But- Selkirk frequently had arguments with the ship's captain, who was called Captain Straddling.
0: <laughs> no he wasn't. Yes he was. No he wasn't. That's an activity, not a name. It's
1: S T R A D. Yeah. L I N G, Straddling.
0: Right. So just one D.
1: Yeah.
0: He's not straddling a captain. No
1: no no no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah, come on, let's go have a game of Captain Straddling. <laughs>
1: No, Captain Straddling.
0: How many captains can you straddle? I can do three. I've got very flexible hips.
1: See, this is why you need to combine pirates and cowboys because cowboys are very good at straddling.
0: That's true. Yeah, they've got they've got to ride the horses, so they can fit any number of captains under there. Exactly. Squeeze the captains together between their powerful thighs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to what end who knows
0: <laughs> it's just a game you got to pass the time when you know you're waiting for the stormy weather to pass or for the wind to come or anything like that hmm. and for some reason you have cowboys on your ship
1: sure yeah a hundred percent fine so he had arguments with captain Stradling, Stradling, yeah. um because i think he might have been more experienced at sea than straddling was
0: oh right okay but
1: straddling comes from the upper class yeah so it's a whole thing
0: yeah Looking back to the terror. Mm-hmm.
1: At one point, Selkirk led the crew in a revolt against their captain. Oh,
0: damn. Mutiny. And, Mutiny on the high seas. And
1: possibly at that point, he was locked in a cupboard by Captain Stradling.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it was like a larder or something. But yeah. I am just imagining, you know, like a wardrobe or something like that and just changed <laughs> Yeah, then he up. went to Narnia. <laughs> That's where he was cast away. Yes. It wasn't like a desert island or something like that. He was lost in Narnia.
1: Yes, absolutely. So...
0: Aslan turns (laughs) up and is like, welcome to Narnia. And he's like, I claim this land in the name of the British.
1: (laughs) And Aslan's like, fine. Literally two people a year can come here. (laughs) Is that a thing? No. I was going to (laughs) say. But it's like, it's usually a group of four, two or four people. Right perfectly gender balanced of course (laughs) i don't know (laughs) anyway
0: the fifth non-binary person turns up and is like can i come aslan's like no no (laughs) no no you don't want to come here it's full of turfs
1: oh no (laughs) i don't think it could be it's mostly animals that's true (laughs) Anyway, so the whole point of this venture is to try and capture French and Spanish ships off the coast of South America. Sounds good. So they go all the way around the coast of South America, but they only managed to take three ships during this time. Right. And it feels like they didn't really get very much out of it. They got some sacks of flour and sugar, some casts of wine and brandy, and at one, co- at one point they got 30 tons of quince marmalade.
0: Oh, they can have a party. Yeah, right? <laughs> they can make some bread, drink some wine. Oh, and they can put the quince marmalade on the bread. Perfect. And to be honest, like, considering 30 tonnes of quince marmalade, you're spreading it on thick on on that bread. It's like it's more quince marmalade than it is bread.
1: I'm pretty sure quince marmalade is that one that comes in, like, a square and you can eat it with fancy cheese.
0: Oh, oh, yes, of course, like uh, quince jelly. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm imagining.
1: But also... At this point, all of these privateers are a bit pissed off. Yeah, they're like, we've done this for marmalade, <laughs> for marmalade,
0: Captain Paddington. What have we done all this for, marmalade?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, in September 1704, Captain Stradling brought sank ports to an island which is known, which was known at the time as Mazatirra. Okay, and this was part of the Juan Fernandez Archipelago which was uninhabited, even by natives.
0: Oh, I was going to say.
1: Yeah, no. No Um, one lived there.
0: Actually uninhabited? Actually
1: uninhabited. How rare. I know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Normally when we say uninhabited, we mean inhabited.
1: Apparently at some point... South Pacific Islanders might have tried to inhabit it, but they decided it was not worth it. Oh, (laughs) fair enough. um,
0: Like the Vikings in America. Basically. (laughs) It's
1: 420 miles off the coast of Chile. Woof. And apparently it's reasonably nippy. Like, it's a bit cold.
0: Oh, that's fair enough. And I imagine it's going to be hard to, you know, settle there and, like, build up a civilization when you're 420
1: blazing it every day. (laughs) So, at this point... While they are restocking their fresh water and supplies, he and Selkirk have another argument. Excellent. Because Selkirk said the boat needed vital repairs. Right. And Stradling said, that's unnecessary. We need to make time. And they and Stradling felt basically the Spanish owned all of the ports in South America. Right. They were going to be doing, you know, runs all over the place. Yeah. They didn't want to be spotted on a desert island yeah makes sense also straddling knew that there was going to be a treasure galleon, which was due to make its annual trip between the philippines and acapulco and he wanted to be on time to capture it and steal the gold
0: and there's also the fact that straddling was like it doesn't matter if the ship splits in two i'll just stretch out my (laughs) thighs and straddle it together
1: what like spider-man yes um...
0: (laughs) yes spider-man 2 wait no
1: it's the first one where he like pulls the ferry together. Isn't that a thing he does? I think it
0: is, but I can't remember what, what that was. I was realised I was thinking of the Tobey Maguire one where he slows down the train, but that's not what. No, no,
1: I'm thinking about the one with our latest friend
0: oh right yeah oh yeah. i i have vague memory yeah he, d- he like
1: he like stretches himself out and he's got spider webs coming out of both sides and he like <laughs> keeps the furry together long enough for it to get somewhere it's really stupid amazing i swear that happens
0: i'm sure it probably does i mean there are enough marvel movies that you could basically say anything and it's probably happened in oh them. yeah
1: probably so selkirk says he's definitely not going any further without repairs right um and he declared he would rather stay on Masa Tierra rather than continue in this dangerously leaky ship.
0: Captain Stradling was like, fine. And Selkirk's like, damn it, wasn't expecting him to call my bluff.
1: That's literally what happened.
0: Yay! <laughs>
1: so Stradling said, fine. <laughs> Sent him ashore with a musket a hatchet a knife a cooking pot a bible bedding and some clothes wow okay and then as soon as Selkirk landed on the island and you know the boat started rowing back to the ship he called out to be asked to be taken back and Stradling was like no
0: oh no (laughs)
1: And that is how he was marooned on a desert island.
0: I, I have to admit, I'm finding it hard to really muster sympathy for Selkirk. He doesn't sound like a great guy. Like, I, I'm sure he was a very competent sailor and everything like that, but he sounds just like a, a grumpy bastard. So I bet it was really horrible to have him on the ship.
1: Well, the thing was that the men, the crewmen, liked him. Oh, They okay. liked him more than they liked Stradling, which oh. was why they had oh, of taken I, part yeah. in this revolt. Yeah. Um. They didn't like straddling. Apparently, he was a very harsh captain. Oh, right. And...
0: Selkirk was gentle as a lamb. No,
1: Selkirk was also a rough guy. (laughs) But, you know, he said useful and practical things.
0: (laughs) I think that we should get rid of the captain, but that would put Selkirk in charge. Oh, it's the lesser of two evils at this (laughs) point. Do you want to be shot or do you want to be mildly punched?
1: Oh, wow. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Incidentally, Selkirk was absolutely right about the Sank Ports. Oh, right. Um, it founded off the coast of Colombia, and Stradling and some of his crew survived the loss of the ship, and they were forced to surrender to the Spanish.
0: So you're saying that the Sank Ports was a Sank Ports.
1: <laughs> the Sank Ports sank.
0: Yeah. Yes. That's a better way of saying it. <laughs>
1: And the survivors were taken to Lima in Peru, where they were imprisoned. Of course, so it wasn't a great trip. To no, be honest. and Selkirk actually came off better from having been marooned on a desert island. Yeah,
0: fair enough. Although he wouldn't have known about any of this, so he just did like, not. No. So
1: now you have to imagine when I describe a bit of his adventures on this island. Right? He thought they were going to come back for him. Yeah, like he was the sailing master. He knew a lot about the ship. He thought they'll come back. Like, first of all, you can't just maroon somebody for yeah. what was, like, mild insolence. Yeah. And second of all, he knew how to deal with the ship, yeah. and no one else necessarily did that much. Most of the people on board, this was their first time on a boat. Oh, wow. Because this was during this war, they decided to sort of cast their lot in at oh, sea. Oh,
0: I see. Yeah. So, Makes sense.
1: Yeah. So it's a really inexperienced crew. Yeah. Yeah. Selkirk knows what he's doing. He's been a sailor for several years. <laughs> he's assuming they're going to come back.
0: Days go by, and Selkirk is like, "I'm not even concerned for myself anymore. I'm just worried about them." Yeah, I
1: think so. My boys. <laughs> <laughs> so at first, Selkirk lived on the beach, which Fair. makes sense. There was a hut there already. Oh. Um, because the woodcutting crew from the sank ports had built it oh, while oh, they see. were right. gathering things, and. While he was there, he was also able to keep an eye out for sales because he thought they would be back any moment. And according to his own account, he had a really hard time while he was on this beach Mm. because he felt completely alone and deserted in a way that no one really had thought about before.
0: Yeah. I mean, to be fair, you would feel really alone and deserted because you are really alone (laughs) and have been deserted.
1: (laughs) He said that he was dejected, languid, and melancholy, and felt scarce able to refrain from doing myself violence. Damn! Like he had been left a musket with one yeah, I getcha. Shot. He considered using it for a while. Oh damn! So it started to rain a lot, so he moved up into the caves just above the beach, and he took to singing hymns and folk songs. <laughs> Amazing! Which I can only imagine is great because. Remember, he is from Scotland, yeah, and he's singing the old song. Oh,
0: amazing!
1: He wanted to keep his spirits up, and yeah. also he was worried that he might forget how to speak English.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, that—that's actually that's a consideration I hadn't thought of.
1: Hmm. One night, Selkirk was woken from his sleep by a dreadful sound. Whoa. He said these were dreadful howlings, which were too terrible for human ears. Oh,
0: I don't know why I'm doing sound effects. I, don't I, know I usually either. put them in in post. <laughs> I don't do live foley.
1: <laughs> in the light of day, he investigated. He went down to the beach, and he found that the noises were made by hundreds of sea lions. <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: Oh my god, amazing. Okay, right. So, uh, listeners, the coast of Norfolk every year is home to hundreds if not thousands of seals yep (laughs) i'm just imagining it being like one of these beaches because you can go along and sort of from a distance have a look at them yeah
1: they make a weird noise they make
0: a very weird noise and they're also like when you see all of them there yeah it's i mean for one thing they look like giant rocks yeah they do (laughs) (laughs) until they suddenly sit up or do that banana thing yeah um so i'm just imagining that and just comes down and they're just all there yep Amazing That is
1: literally what happened <laughs> Apparently Sea lions Go to the shores of this island Every year to mate
0: Oh no <laughs> Oh no
1: The sea lions were lying So thickly on the beach <laughs> That he could no longer fish
0: <laughs> Oh my god Just like My friends My friends have deserted me I'm going to be here For the rest of my life And now I'm at a sea lion orgy yes. <laughs>
1: Yes, exactly. That is what happened to him. It turns out the sea lions kind of did him a favor.
0: <laughs> he joined in? No.
1: <laughs> no, they forced him off of the beach. Right. And once he was off the beach, he started to have a much more healthy and productive life. Oh, okay. Because he had basically been giving himself dysentery or something. Like, he'd been on the beach eating mostly seafood. Right. Um, instead, he moved into a little valley... Near a river. Oh nice. And he started hunting goats.
0: Oh, okay. There were goats there too.
1: There were goats Swarms there too. of them
0: having orgies on the <laughs> in the valley. <laughs>
1: Uh, He built two huts, one to live in, and one for a smokehouse and kitchen.
0: (laughs) I thought it was going to be like his holiday home. (laughs)
1: Oh, no. He
0: he summers on the top of the valleys.
1: Oh, yeah, that'd be cute. But no, no, he built one to live in and one as a smokehouse, which makes a lot of sense. I mean,
0: yeah, that that is the sensible option.
1: And he found another valley which had turnips, figs, oats, pumpkins, radishes, parsnips, and parsley growing wild in it. Wow. Right? I
0: mean... Of all the islands you can be marooned on, it sounds like this is a pretty good one, really. This
1: is a perfect island, and the reason for this is that apparently the Spanish tried to build a colony on this island okay. back in 1591 and failed. So they'd planted all of these crops, and then abandoned them, and they'd also abandoned a load of goats.
0: Right. So the crops had all sort of gone to seed and spread wild, and so had the goats. Yeah.
1: And he had no idea how this had happened. He was just like, he thought he was just really (laughs) lucky. (laughs)
0: This is a literal miracle.
1: Yes. And it was. He also found a tree that's either called the cabbage tree or the cabbage palm. Right. Which has edible leaves oh okay So apparently he could use the leaves basically in place of bread
0: oh right so he can create some good sandwiches yeah exactly i wonder how many leaves he ate before he discovered those ones were edible
1: i think that they like i don't know maybe they look like cabbages or something (laughs) like they've got a look to them that goes this is an edible leaf
0: i'm just the thing is one doesn't associate cabbages with you know Islands off the coast of South America. No,
1: it's weird, especially because the cabbage tree only grows on Masa Tierra. Oh, wow. No other island.
0: That's amazing. It is now
1: an endangered tree
0: Aww. because
1: it only grows on one island, yeah. and people have since colonised the island. Yeah. By his second year on the island, he had become... Second year? Yes.
0: Whoa. <laughs> I mean... I'm, I don't know why I'm surprised, because obviously, as we've said, like no one knows he's there.
1: No, they've all drowned. Well, most of them have drowned, yeah. and the rest of them are possibly prisoners in a silver mine.
0: Yeah, and even if they did get back, there's no way they would suspect that he'd still be alive. No.
1: no. So, by his second year on the island, he had become mostly accustomed to life, um, except for the rats. Oh. The rats were a problem. Oh, no. They used to come into his hut, they used to eat his possessions and his food, and they used to nibble on his fingers.
0: Oh, grim. Yeah. So... And I like rats, too.
1: But luckily for him, the Spanish, who had abandoned goats on the island, had also abandoned... Cats. cats. Oh my god! Yeah. I was was joking! (laughs) No, they had abandoned (laughs) cats on the island.
0: Oh, wow. Amazing.
1: So, one day, he... Looked among some tree roots and he found a litter of newborn kittens all curled up. He took them home and he raised them them himself by feeding them on goat's milk and meat. Eventually, he had a dozen pet cats.
0: Man, this guy's life actually sounds pretty nice. He, like, yeah, obviously there's crushing loneliness, but, you know, he's got a dozen cats.
1: By this point, he's, he's having a good time. Yeah. You know, he's got everything sorted. He's hunting goats. He's got a dozen cats.
0: Necessity has made him a crazy cat lady. He,
1: his <laughs> only remaining fear was apparently that... If he died, he knew the cats would eat him.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And
1: that troubled him.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would trouble me.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, on two occasions, Selkirk's Island was visited by ships. Oh, wow. But unfortunately, on both of these occasions, the ships belonged to the Spanish.
0: Ah, right.
1: Um, So, the first time this happened, he was spotted by some soldiers. Right. And they shot at him. Oh, no. Because they were like... This guy isn't one of ours. No,
0: crazy wild man with his cat army.
1: I mean, at this point, he's also mostly wearing goat skins. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) So he ran away, and he managed to hide in the branches of a cabbage tree. Amazing. One of the Spanish soldiers comes up to the cabbage tree. Yeah. He pees on it. I would...
0: i wasn't gonna say it because i thought mm, that's too crass a joke to make right now but yeah, no, that's le- liter- yeah
1: that's what he says happened yeah was this guy took a leak on the tree and he was hiding up in the branches of the same tree being like Sh-.
0: <laughs> and he got caught after that because he shouted down oh that's just not cricket
1: <laughs> i don't know why he's got a very posh voice he's from like a small town in scotland
0: i know but years on the island alone he suddenly turned posh
1: fair all right
0: He's built New (laughs) Eton.
1: He was on the island for five years. Whoa. So on the 2nd of February, 1709... Selkirk was rescued by Duke and Duchess. Oh. These um, were two privateering British ships.
0: Oh, right. Okay, not people.
1: No. <laughs> one of the ships is called Duke. Yeah. And one of them is called Duchess. Ah. Captain Woods Rogers, who was leading this particular expedition, said that he had lost so much of his language by this point that we could scarce understand him, for he seemed to speak his words by halves. Okay. I think they mean that he could only he only really said like half of a word.
0: That does kind of make sense really.
1: Does it? I mean it,
0: to me it does. I can't fully articulate why I don't think but mm. I I can imagine it's a sort of um it's almost a heuristic. It's kind of almost an energy saving thing. That makes like, sense. It's not necessary for him to really convey stuff clearly as long as he understands what he's talking about Mm. and i mean we can only imagine that he's like talking to himself or singing these songs yeah. and yeah because nothing sort of requires clarification i imagine he'd he'd sink into a sort of idiolect yeah
1: yeah that that makes sense um by this point, he was not only wearing entirely goat skin clothing, yeah. but he was also barefoot. Um, when his shoes fell apart, he realized that he, he was able to run around on the rocks better and hunt right, goats yeah. better. Like, because he was hunting them just by himself with a knife. Yeah. He could run down goats by this point. Damn. Um, so he just. Let his feet, you know, roughen up. I'm just
0: imagining that he's kind of jacked at this point. I think he is. Like, it's not, he, he, he must have had a pretty decent diet. It's like, obviously not amazing. And, you know, after a while, it's the same thing over and over again. But, I mean, he's got plenty of nutrients. Yeah.
1: No, he had a decent diet. Yeah. In fact, that's actually going to be my next point. Oh, okay. So, um, Rogers said by the way because he was wearing goat skin clothing that he looked wilder than the first owners of them. Right. <laughs> Man you look
0: like a goat. <laughs>
1: he looked like a goat. Incidentally, the pilot of the ship, yeah, was William Dampier. Oh! you recognize Solker? Yay! He hadn't been with the sankports at the time when it had uh, gone to yeah. be repaired. He had already left the expedition by that point. right? So he's on this expedition. He's Yay. like, I know this guy. But the thing was that actually uh, Captain Rogers had a lot more to worry about than the fact that he'd just discovered a goat man. Right. Because the crews of the Duke and Duchess were suffering severely from scurvy.
0: Oh.
1: And the reason why they'd stopped at Massatiera was because they wanted to see if they could find some nutrients (laughs) to feed these people.
0: Please, goat man, do you have any food? He's like, yeah, Yeah. tons. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I am living like a king here.
1: (laughs) So on the day that the rescuers arrived, on the day the rescuers arrived, he hunted down and roasted three goats for them. Whoa. And he made a broth from the vegetables that he'd been gathering, which he fed (laughs) to the scurvy sufferers. Within three days, they were back to health.
0: Wow. I'm kind of imagining at this point, some of the sailors are just like, should we just live here? Yeah. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's great. He knows how to do everything with the land. Yeah. We're not going to get scurvy. <laughs> we're not going to be killed by the Spanish. You know yeah. what? This sounds great. Let's just set up some homes here.
1: So Captain Rogers was really impressed.
0: I <laughs> mean, you would be. Um,
1: not- A jacked goat
0: <laughs> man has suddenly wandered onto your ship
1: well he was impressed because yeah physical vigor was just mad yes. three goats man i know Yeah, i can't even imagine running after and catching one goat no they're pretty speedy <laughs> yes and
0: bouncy <laughs>
1: yeah um he was also impressed by the peace of mind that selkirk had attained while living on the island
0: he had become a buddhist
1: he said, one may see that solitude and retirement from the world is not such an insufferable state of life as most men imagine, mm. especially when people are fairly called or thrown into it unavoidably, as this man was. Oh, fair enough. Because by this point, Selkirk was very chill, very calm. He'd had a lovely time. <laughs>
0: he discovered that as well as planting crops, the Spanish had previously been trying to grow weed on the <laughs> island.
1: <laughs> In the end, he made Selkirk duke's second mate okay and later gave him command of one of their prize ships
0: wow. <laughs> okay i'm just imagining like i'm sure the other sailors are like look we're very grateful to the goat man <laughs> for giving us this food and potentially saving us from scurvy but do we really want the goat man <laughs> in charge
1: this wasn't straight away this was like okay as they sailed off because he became part of their crew yeah and the thing was that because Duke and Duchess had a lot of a lot more pri- privateering to do. Yeah, he stayed at sea. He didn't go <laughs> oh straight back to England. He was part of this crew. Now,
0: I mean, at this point. It seems like he, you know, put himself into a good mental space. Like the language stuff, maybe that's a bit of a problem. But other than that, it seems like he's doing just fine. So I imagine he he might not be in any real rush to get back to England.
1: (laughs) I mean, maybe not. Uh, He definitely returned to privateering. He managed to lead a boat crew up the Guayas River in modern-day Ecuador, where a number of wealthy Spanish ladies had fled, and he looted the golden jewels they had hidden inside their clothing.
0: Amazing. And he became renowned as the feared Captain Billy.
1: <laughs> he also managed to capture, help capture a number of different ships, um, and he served as sailing master on one of these, which was renamed Bachelor. Uh, to the Dutch East Indies. Wow. So he had basically completed an around-the-world voyage as the sailing master of Duke by the time he came back to England, which was on the 1st of October, 1711. He had been away for eight years.
0: Wow. That is mad. Yeah. And it just goes to show that if you're really violent in your early life, you'll have a pretty good time of it.
1: Yeah. I mean... Run away to sea, guys. That is the answer. And definitely stand up for what you believe in, even if it means that you get (laughs) stranded on a desert island.
0: If you can, though, make sure that the Spanish had been there previously and left behind a load of crops.
1: So I thought about talking about the rest of his life. Okay. um, But I thought I'd just summarise. Okay. Because he still did quite a lot. Oh, right. Um, When he returned to England, obviously he became a celebrity. Yeah. Lots of people were interested in his story. Mm Mm-hmm. And he had also got £800 from his privateering on Duke. Oh, damn. So he was wealthy. He was a celebrity.
0: And he was jacked.
1: He was jacked. Um, He kept going back to sea on various voyages.
0: (laughs) He's like, I'll keep going back to sea. I might get marooned on another island. It's going to be fantastic.
1: He also kept getting arrested for beating people up.
0: (laughs) I thought he had, like, found Nirvana or something.
1: And he got married at least once.
0: Oh, Damn.
1: So he had a pretty good life. In the end, he got yellow fever when he was on one of his uh, ships and was buried at sea.
0: Wow. What age was he? Do we know?
1: Um, I think he was something like 50-odd. I mean, that's he not bad
0: right. for a goat man.
1: Yeah, he did yeah. well for a goat man. <laughs> but wait. You know how he said that things are only important when it's a British person who does it? Right. He was not the first person to have been accidentally abandoned on Tierra. Really? Yes. Okay. So there was a Native American sailor. Yeah. Who was part of, I think, the Mosquito tribe. Not Mosquito, Mosquito. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And he was named Will by the other sailors. Okay. And he was accidentally abandoned um, when they had decided to refresh their supplies on Mazatierra. Um, In 1681, he had been hunting for goats. His comrades had seen Spanish ships in the horizon and they had abandoned him there.
0: Right. Okay, this is very sad, but I am imagining it as a home alone situation. (laughs) It's like, he turns to the camera and is like, I made my shipmates disappear.
1: (laughs) Almost definitely. He was also, I believe, picked up later on and just had to live on a deserted island for years. But...
0: Was this before the Spanish had tried to colonize it?
1: Um, This was before the Spanish had tried to colonize yeah. it.
0: So he's going to have a much rougher time of it. He
1: had a much rougher time. I'm assuming the reason why this was never discussed was because he was a Native American. Yeah. And I assume they kind of went, well, they know how to survive in the wild. Because, mm. you know, It's racism. just their nature. <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, the person who picked him up was William Dampier. I
0: knew you were going to say that. Yes,
1: I know, right?
0: Oh, amazing. I'm still trying to think where I know the name from. I'm sure it'll come to me at some point.
1: So he wrote a book called A New Voyage Around the World. hmm And he said that at the beginning of his time on the island, Will had his gun and knife, a small horn of powder, and a few shot, and... Um, He managed to saw the barrel of his gun into small pieces and make harpoons with them. Wow. And he also managed to kill seals and use them to make fishing lines. Wow. Which, that's mad. That is mad. Yeah, he was rescued by Dampier on the 22nd of March, 1684. Right. And he was recorded to have, upon being reached by the rescuers, immediately killed three goats.
0: <laughs> no! <laughs> yes.
1: And served them up in the English style with cabbage.
0: Oh, amazing.
1: <laughs> so I love the little story of Will. Yeah. I couldn't find out very much more about him because obviously we don't actually know yeah. his own name. Um, we only have the account of William Dampier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But to be honest, it's worth noting that this is apparently an island that people can survive on, and people did. Yeah. And it's just that William Dampier wrote about both Will and also Alexander Selkirk, and everyone was like, a civilized man did this? Mm. So there are a few interesting reactions to Selkirk's voyage. Okay. Uh, One thing that happened was a lot of poetry. Oh, okay. There are a lot of Romantic era poets who decided to write about Selkirk.
0: I thought you meant for a moment Selkirk had written poetry and he like brings it back and says, this is indecipherable. (laughs) (laughs) This is all just half written words.
1: So one of these poems was by William Cowper. He wrote a poem called The Solitude of Alexander Selkirk, which includes this verse. I am monarch of all I survey. My right there is none to dispute. From the centre all round to the sea, I am lord of the fowl and the brute. Hmm. This was the first use or the, the use that gave rise to this as a common phrase, monarch of all I survey.
0: Oh, wow. So
1: Alexander Selkirk has influenced our language. Oh, there
0: we go. Which
1: is pretty cool. That is cool. Well, in more modern times, uh, there is a film. Hmm. And there's a stop motion film oh. by a man called Walter Turnier that is based on his life. Nice. It's either called Selkirk: The Real Robinson Crusoe. Yeah. Or Seven Pirates! Exclamation mark.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why? Oh, I don't know. Just felt like it.
1: I think that. At this point, the book Pirates, exclamation mark, in An Adventure with Science had come out. I don't think the the stop motion film for that had come out, but I think they were kind of mirroring it. Um, This was the first full length animated feature to be produced in Uruguay.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So this is
1: one of those weird, weird little things where it's like this breaks a record and starts, starts off a new life for Uruguayan cinema. Fair enough. And most importantly, the island that he was marooned on was renamed Yeah. because of him. Um, it used to be called Massatiera. Now, it is called Robinson Crusoe Island. Oh, my God. Genuinely. People live there. You can find out about the statistics for Robinson Crusoe Island. No, There's like 800 people live on this island.
0: Yeah, I knew about this. Yeah? I didn't realize that it was, you know... This actual thing. Yeah, I, it, ah. like there
1: is actually kind of a link.
0: That's amazing. I thought it was just that, you know, it was like the island <laughs> in Robinson Crusoe or something.
1: It's not. It's an entirely a different part of the world yeah. and it's a lot colder. Yeah. But it's Robinson Crusoe Island because Alexander Selkirk stayed there for five years. Amazing. <laughs> and you can too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I realised we were turning into a tourist
0: <laughs> Love it.
1: Thank you for listening to That Time When.
0: You can follow us on Twitter at ThatTimeWhen4 and suggest episodes to us at ttwpod at gmail.com.
1: If you'd like to support us and help us grow our audience, the best thing you can do would be to give us a review on whatever app you're listening to this on. That would be incredible. And thank you as always to Kevin McLeod for our theme song Anachronist as well as any other music that Barnaby has used in this podcast.
0: And thank you for listening. Now go out invest in eels and slaughter three goats for your saviours.
1: Bye.